you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Oh, yeah. We are here with Lauren and Megan from Matrescence, the I would say like my favorite new Instagram account. It's a must follow for all moms out there, for people trying, people pregnant. If you have one kid or five, it's just so great. Lauren and Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to be here. We're truly honored that you invited us on and we love the channel you've created and that outlet for everyone to come together and then also learn and grow in motherhood um, through some of these trying times. There's a lot to learn. I feel like it never stops. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have to admit at first, I thought you guys made up matrescence until I started listening to your stories and your highlights. So for everyone listening, they did not make this up. This is a true term. Can you explain what matrescence means and what it is um, just for those who are unfamiliar with it? Absolutely. So we went back and forth um, about the name of our company and we wanted it to be really impactful. Um, Matrescence sounds like adolescence. And as we read more about the term that was coined, it's the entire um, process of becoming a mother from psychological to emotional, physiological, um, just kind of how that it's an all encompassing term, uh, which is really what we want this company to be. We want it to be not just support in the thick of motherhood, but the support from, I think I want to be a mom to trying to conceive to pregnancy, to postpartum, to veteran mom of five, um, and all the changes that come with that. Yeah. And it also is defined as the process of becoming a mother. And what we have learned and is so true is you become a new mother with every child, right? So the third baby that I'm at now, I like to think I'm much more chill and relaxed compared to like number one, when I was very uptight and like paranoid about everything. So you do change and your family changes with each child, which makes sense when you step back and say it, but you do become a different mom with each child. I love that. And you both are moms of three, right? We are. I'm a boy mama of three. Um, they're six, three and, and new, uh, four mm-hmm. months. And yeah, Megan. Yeah. Got three as well. I got three under five right now. My little guy's about to turn one. So there's craziness at our house. Yeah. That was kind of another, um, another thing that we really wanted to talk about too, is really to talk to women before, um, they're in this space because you never, each pregnancy is so different. Um, for me, I struggled 
immensely after my second. I was fine with my first, thought I had the support system in place and kind of some things that were happening in my life with my older child and um, just the place I was in. Uh, I struggled really bad after my second. So just educating people that each pregnancy is so different and what you have going on in your life and the relationships you're in and the situation. Um, there's a lot of different elements that can affect um, motherhood and that postpartum journey. I'm obsessed with everything you guys are saying. And I'm so lucky that I was had a great community of women um, around me with my first, I had postpartum anxiety. I always tell people it's like the deepest, darkest moment of my life. It was miserable. And Abby and a few other close friends of mine, like thankfully were supportive and I was already going to therapy and kind of had that support. But with my second Camila, I had so much anxiety of experiencing that again, that I kind of had a plan in place for my mental health. So like in my mind, I'm like, not only do you make a place like a plan checklist of your diaper bag, but for me, I knew mentally, I was like, okay, I'm going to get back on Zoloft. I'm seeing my therapist, like it's all good. And I, in Camila's birth was very traumatic um, never want to do that again, but, but anyhow, um, I was so thankful that I had taken the time and prioritized my mental health. Cause I felt much more stable and sane and good compared to my first, even though her introduction was chaotic. She came, um, eight weeks early and I had postpartum severe postpartum preeclampsia plus help. So it was a moment. It was yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's another thing um, in my professional life. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just my personal life that I noticed the huge void. Um, and really after the fact, it was my professional life as well. You know, women are nurtured through their pregnancy, uh, especially with their first, you know, it's, you know, you're creating the ever important uh, pottery barn nursery and the, the hospital checklist of all the things you must have that they're going to provide for you at the hospital anyways, most of it. Um, you know, you're getting new onesies and you're showered with love. And then you have this baby, the support falls off for mom, everything shifts to the baby and you're kind of left to fend for yourself. And society kind of has it backwards. It's like, as you have more children and your life continues to change, you get less and less support. And so we're trying to kind of change the narrative around that whole picture. I mean, when you're a first time mom and you're getting nurtured through your pregnancy, like make those plans, like hearing you talk about having your plan in place for your mental health. We're hoping that we can make that the norm for first time moms, you know, have a plan. If you feel good, great. But if you don't educate those around you and know the signs yourself on when something might not be right and know the resources that are available. I mean, there's so many professionals that exist in this space that exist solely to help moms. And I didn't utilize them. And I wish I would have. Yeah. And and when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to communicate, admit that you need help. So one of the resources that we're working on is what are the warning signs what to look for, how to bring it up delicately, because a lot of times you're defensive and then already have the plan in place. Don't go to Google at nighttime 
trying to find a therapist and being pointed, wait, should I go to my OB? Should I go to my PCP? Like, where do I turn? Like I already have those people plugged in where it's like, okay, call this person on speed dial and like, let's get an appointment because they have a long wait list too. It's not like you get to see them tomorrow. So we want to have, um, those resources ready to go for people. And then, um, we're not trying to replace therapy. We love therapy. If medicine is what you need all for it. Um, we're more of a support group and that backline support through the whole spectrum of motherhood from, like we've said before, trying to conceive to, um, picking out kindergartens, which I'm coming up on. And I'm like, ah, that's like, I never even thought that would be a stressful conversation, but I'm like, this is going to affect the rest of his life. Um, yeah. Really just trying to navigate all the different areas of motherhood that can be so damn stressful with the, a lot of what we talk about is just the constant unattainable perfectionism that you see every day on social media. And we're both guilty of it. If you look back, um, when I was in the thick of my postpartum anxiety, I mean, debilitating, crying myself through the night, you know, getting lost in Google discussion boards from 2006, trying to find a validation for what I was going through. And you look at my social media and no one would have known that. I I didn't know. My best friend, my sister lives across the street. My mom is my best friend. My husband would, you know, knew something was up, but didn't know how to help me. Um, So it's just, you know, once I opened up that story and I kind of like was just, you know, what, I'm going to be vulnerable because this, I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. And as I told my story and kind of opened up about how bad it got, people were shocked. And that's the problem is, you know, we see these highlight reels all day long and no one wants to admit that there every day having just said, you know, good days all the time, but that's all we see. And even if, you know, you're aware of that, it's hard to remember that when you're having a bad day and all you're seeing is people's best days. Um, so really just trying to normalize the conversation that motherhood is freaking hard. You can have (laughs) the best support system in the world. Um, I felt like I had every resource I needed. I was a, you know, I was a nurse. I was, I felt like I had the knowledge of, um, what can happen postpartum and motherhood. And I grew up babysitting and I just, I felt like I had the support system uh, in place that would not allow me to fall through the cracks. And I so fell through the cracks (laughs) and struggled really bad. And um, there's so many resources out there. You know, for me, the answer at the time was, um, you know, seeking help and getting on medication. And for some people, the answer may be therapy or, uh, lactation support, but there are so many resources out there to help you through those hard times. And when you're in the thick of it and you're sleep deprived, it's really hard to reach out and get the help you need. I love so that. We want to bridge yeah. that gap. <laughs> I love that. And I love what you're saying. You want to get to the first time mom. So they have like the resources lined up because I, for me, it was a little shocking how little support there is for you after you have that baby. I mean, people bring you a casserole and that's great, but you see your doctor at the six week mark and then they're like, okay, I'll see you for your annual. And you're like, well, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And that six week visit was so quick, only on the physical you take yeah. this survey, which I don't even know why they, I didn't even, really yeah, they didn't even give me mine at my last six week checkup. And my doctor is the one that put me back <laughs> on my medication. And she didn't even ask me how I was feeling. Um, you know, they're more concerned and 
not even really to their fault. We actually talked about that today, how the medical, everyone blames it on the medical system, but the OB, their job is to get you through pregnancy safely, the baby delivered safely. And then that's, you know, it's not really their job to help our mental health or support our emotional health, but they don't have any, the healthcare system doesn't have anything in place to do so. And it's such an important piece of it. Um, that, you know, educating these women on where to turn after that, because the, the dismal six week checkup and the, here's some, you know, what kind of birth control do you want to be on? And are you even that, like, I feel like, like, okay, you're okay to have sex. And I was like, I don't like not to be TMI, but I was like, I don't want to right now. Is there something wrong with me? Like, that sounds terrible. And then I talked to some of my friends. I'm like, I can't believe I was cleared for this. I am not right. Like, and I had a friend who said, just because you're physically clear to do a bunch of stuff doesn't mean mentally you are. And so I feel like, you know, those friends are great, but yeah, like you need somebody else. And for those who don't have the friends, maybe, you know, they move to a new town and they don't know any other new moms. I just think it can be really like, I can see how it can become so dark so quickly for some women. And they, they suffer in silence through this time. Yeah, for sure. Especially women who are, um, kind of more introverted and don't, you know, are uncomfortable with those type of conversations. Like for me, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm a open book. I, I talk about a lot of stuff and it's even uncomfortable for me. So, you know, I have a lot of friends that don't open up as much. So I imagine that these conversations or these questions that they have just go unasked. Well, and it's, it's kind of scary too, right? Like if you, if you really are struggling, you're like, what's going to happen if I honestly answer these questions, because they're so extreme ends of the spectrum that you're like, are they going to take my baby? Are they going to call like social services? Like, so just kind of educating people of what to expect, what to advocate on that six week appointment. Um, one of the best tips that I read along the way somewhere was when you're having a really bad day, write that down and take it with you because you might be having a good day that day, but your doctor needs to know that other days are like this. And so that you can, um, create a plan together of next steps. I love that. So let's talk a little bit, give you guys a minute to brag about yourselves because, you know, a lot of us that have been moms are very pro supporting other moms, which is great. Like you need, it truly takes a village and you need a strong community, but you guys have a really great background that makes you uniquely perfect to take on this role. So let's give you guys a few minutes to kind of brag about your backgrounds and what you're working towards right now. Oh, we appreciate that a lot. Um, we, you know, have really focused on, you know, walking the fine line between being more of like a mommy blog site and then like a kind of bland, like mental health space. We want to be relatable. We want to be your mom friends, but we also want to use our education and our expertise to really educate people. Um, so I, uh, have been a NICU nurse, uh, most of my career, I dabbled in uh, pediatric oncology as well, but with little ones at home, it was heavy on my heart. So, um, I've stayed in the NICU for the most of my time. And that's when I knew I always wanted to go back to school. And I just, you know, was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And working in the NICU, I recognized very quickly that the void was not just in my personal life. It was all mamas, um, kids with NICU babies, um, women trying to conceive, my friends at work who were struggling with infertility, um, my mom friends just outside of work, you know. So 
I pretty quickly decided I wanted to go into women's health or mental health. Um, And just with the pandemic and everything going on and the huge push for more mental health services, that's the route I took. Um, So I graduate in May with my mental health nurse practitioner license and so excited to um, kind of hone in on maternal wellness. You know, pretty quickly went from a conversation of uh, we need more postpartum mental illness support to all moms need support all over the place. So um, that's when Megan and I teamed up and had this conversation. How can we reach a larger audience? Um, and Megan here is the perfect teammate. <laughs> we kind of joke that Lauren's like the heart and soul of the matrescence and then I'm the brains that's going behind it. Um, so I have a business background and I have a marketing um, career. So yeah, I believed in Lauren and totally agree that there's a void in the space. So we're like, how do we scale this? You know, Lauren can graduate and um, open a clinic and see patients and she can see what we'll do the math. She sees five patients a day, whatever. We're like, she can do more than that. We can reach more. There's teletherapy is huge. So how do we reach more women? And we knew, and how do women receive and consume their media and their information? So we instantly gravitated towards Instagram as our channel of marketing. And then behind the scenes, we're building a website and a platform that will be a subscription-based model. And when you sign in, it will kind of appear like a Facebook and that's how it operates. So there's groups. um, So you can join different groups for the season of life that you're in. So if you're currently pregnant, join that group and join that conversation of, you know, what to expect for labor and delivery or whatever is on your heart that day. If you're struggling with fertility, there's a group of moms that have the best advice for acupuncturists in the area or, you know, how to just console you. Because if that's not your experience, you can be, um, have the best heart and intentions in mind, but it really means more when it comes from someone that that has that experience and knows exactly what you're going through. Um, So we think that's going to be really powerful for women to connect there in a private, safe, judgment-free zone, um, hopefully eliminating all the trolls and Karen since it's a paid model. Um, And then also the privacy of, you don't really want to put on Instagram that, you know, you're struggling with XYZ and your coworker sees it or your mother-in-law reads it. It's like, you kind of want a space where you can just get that stuff off your chest and, um, relate to someone. So also within the app, there's going to be a huge database of resources um, that we're putting together on just differentiating what is PPD versus the baby blues? How do I have this communication plan in place with my partner? Um, And then we're also going to be hosting monthly webinars and workshops with industry professionals. So Lauren has a medical background. We definitely want to utilize her expertise, but there are so many professionals out there that can bring knowledge to this space. So pelvic floor PTs, lactation consultants, pediatricians, doulas, anyone really in the motherhood realm that can educate us and empower us um, on our journey. Through yeah. Motherhood. And we kind of talked about how it, it would be cool because some people that don't know these people exist, maybe they don't have the time or money to invest in like a full, you know, course of pelvic floor therapy, but maybe by being able to sign in through their membership and connect with someone and have a Q and a, and ask those questions, um, they can kind of figure out if that's something they need or get some tidbits on what they could do or what to look for. Um, so making these people uh, available and, um, kind of connecting with them, you know, on more of a casual level and educating people on what's available um, is kind of what's going on 
on the platform right now. So, so it's not you guys a- aren't busy. You're not no, no, no. <laughs> on top of like the six kids between you, your day jobs, your yeah. passion project. You're just, you know, lots of freedom. Yes. Yeah. We, I, we laugh about it. Cause I think, you know, we kind of thrive in chaos, but sometimes it's like, okay, we're, we're here and things are sitting here, but God forbid anything else happen Cause we're just like, yeah. you know, so busy, but it makes it so easy because we are so passionate about it. Uh, it doesn't feel like work. You know, I get to work alongside my best friend and I get to do something that I've completely changed my life to do. And I feel really grateful that our um, husbands and our families and friends Mm -hmm. have been so supportive um, and that we've gotten validation from people like you who are taking a chance on us and are much bigger than us Mm -hmm. at the moment because people see the need. I think they see the potential of where um, we hope this goes. And, you know, it's been it's been really validating um, and fueling to us uh, to get that support. I love it. We've had a lot of messages like throughout the two and a half years that we've been doing this. And some people will say like, you guys got me through my maternity leave. I don't have any mom friends. So I would listen to your Bravo recaps while I was, you know, pushing a stroller, which like is so heartwarming to us. But then I think these people, you know, and it's not uncommon. You move to a new city, military wives are constantly being uprooted to not have like that connection or even during COVID not being able to just get coffee with friends or sit on a couch while holding a baby and just talking to someone. And so I just think it's such a void in the just overall motherhood, not having like a virtual community and a way to talk to people that where I just love that. I think it's so great what you guys are doing and it's just beyond needed. And I can't wait to see, like, I just feel like a year from now, you guys are going to be telling like, like, who knows what you guys are going to be doing, but it's just going to be so many more things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We appreciate that so much. It's so true. I mean, it really came from a place of, you know, both of us were seeking, community and validation Mm -hmm. and mom friends. Um, I was the one I moved to a new city when I had a 11 month old and I was 20 weeks pregnant and yeah, then it's like hard to make friends. It's hard to like, then my anxiety is like, this kid's crazy. So I can't go out. They're not going to like me because my kid's insane, you know? And it's just (laughs) like, and then you have a newborn and you're like, well, now I can't go anywhere for months. And then the pandemic happens. You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this we've, we've both is. experienced, you know, the really lonely part. We both have really good support systems, but Megan definitely went through it when they moved back here. And um, my oldest son has epilepsy and he started having it when I was pregnant with my second. And I was in Chicago without a support system. And as soon as my second was born, I was in a car driving back home to Kansas City. I was craving connection so bad that I didn't have. And I, it was just such a hard time. And that's kind of what um, I was speaking of earlier. It's just like, you know, every situation in pregnancy is different just because you didn't need the support last month or, you know, a couple years ago, um, life events and things that you're going through. It's so, so valuable to have, um, a group of women rallying around you to support you and hold you up in those moments where you feel like everything's crashing down around you. Well, and I like to, you know, like you said, some people might be more introverted and it's hard to kind of, those are like some hard truths when you kind of know what you're saying. Sometimes it's easier to write it down and type it and feel like you're protected in a way behind whatever username and finding a community and talking to someone um, like that. Sometimes it's easier to do that, to spill. Like we've had, I mean, we've been fortunate that 
we have the best followers. Um, no, but I mean, people have shared some deep things. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. I'm taken aback with in a flattering way though. Like I'm glad that you feel safe enough to share whatever you might be going through. And it, sometimes it's hard for some people to vocalize it. I'm also kind of like an open book. I'd say Abby and I are both pretty Lacey's what yeah, I was going to say that's a credit to you two and being so honest with your stories and that's comforting for people to know so that they can open up. So um, props to you guys for opening that conversation. Well, your yeah, therapy has helped us. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, we're both very normalizing yeah, that. Like, there's no huge... shame in the therapy game. No, no, no. I know. I'm just, I feel like I want therapy most when things are good. Like sometimes, like I just want to go see a therapist, and people are like you seem like you're great. I'm like I am. Like that's why. I want to stay there. Like, that's why I want to go see someone. And um, so, I mean, I think like, there's never like a bad time. If you think it's something you could benefit from, I would say, go do it. There's nothing yes. wrong with having a conversation. Normalizing, uh, supporting your mental health and yeah. well-being is the underlying huge push um, mm-hmm. between what we're doing, like for what we're doing, because I feel like there is still, it's getting better in the pandemic, I think, and this huge push for mental health has really opened up the conversation. And I feel like it is going in the right direction. Um, but yeah, just normalizing that conversation uh, that like, you know, therapy is okay. And medication is okay. Like, just like if you had um, high blood pressure, you would go to the doctor and you would get checkups and you would be on medication or make lifestyle changes. Like do the same for the most important organ in your body. Like it's an important thing to take care of. And just normalizing that is yeah. so important. Lauren, you just basically shared my life. <laughs> like, delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I have hypertension and have changed my lifestyle and everything as a result of my preeclampsia. So that's yeah. been daunting to deal with on its own, but absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like too, there's like a little bit of a shift with like our generation, as far as it comes to motherhood. I mean, I remember admitting to Vanessa, she, uh, was probably like five or six months pregnant at the time. And I had like a two month old and being like, I don't love it. I don't love this. Like everyone talks about, Oh my gosh, this will be a dream come true. You will want to jump in front of a bus. The second you hold this child to protect them from everything. And I was like, uh, I mean, I love it. Cause I think I'm supposed to, you know, like it was like, you don't get a lot of validation from a baby. They're not smiling and laughing and you're, you're not getting those cues. And so it can be really hard. And I felt like no one was saying it and you're seeing it now yes. more and more that people admit it. And I think that's a good thing. Like my hope is that like the next generation, like I think about my nieces that are in high school right now, like I hope when they have children that if you love being a mom, great. I think you should be able to say that. And that's awesome if that's your journey for that particular child. But if it's not, I think it should be just as easy to say it. And it's, it's still really hard to admit. Yeah. Yeah. We've had that conversation a lot. You know, it's the unrealistic expectations of moms and how you think you're supposed to feel is a huge part of the problem. And who wants to say that out loud? Who wants to get on their Facebook and be like, Hey, I know everyone's really loving this motherhood thing, but it sucks. Like, no, yeah. you know, nobody or, wants to say that. Yeah. And like, people not admitting that they have a favorite. I'm like, yeah, I know it might change like every six months or so, but like I have a favorite and that's just how it is. I love them all, but I do. And I don't know why people are like, you can't say that. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of moms come together and find strength and just being honest and open and admitting challenges. What has been the best part of this journey so far for you both? 
Honestly, when you were just talking about um, women trusting you with their stories, I think that was probably the most heartwarming part for me. Um, When I initially kind of had this thought and wanted to see if the need was out there, I put my story out there and kind of, you know, really went into detail about my journey with postpartum anxiety and the amount of messages from people out of the woodwork, people I couldn't even remember how I knew them um, from high school, from grade school, from, you know, from when I lived in California, all over the map with detailed stories about struggling and having no help. You know, some people said, you're the only person that knows this, or you're the only person besides my doctor who knows this story, or God, that felt so good to get to say that. And that really made me feel good and um, validated the need for this community. So, you know, we've always said, if we could help one person, we, our mission is complete. I mean, we have spent hours and hours and hours in my entire maternity (laughs) leave working on this. And truly, if we can help one person avoid the pitfalls um, that I came into, it's, it's all worth it for me. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like that DM or that text will roll in at just the right time. Like there'll be days where we're like, if we have to create another reel, I'm going to pull my hair out. Like I don't (laughs) get them. I don't like it. And then someone will say like, oh my gosh, that like made my day or that made, you know, that really brought me out of a hard spot. And you're like, okay, it really does. It it comes at right when we're kind of getting to a low point where we're like, God, we're real stagnant. Like, what do we need to do next? And then we'll get that really validating message. Or we start second guessing ourselves. Like, it's so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. This is going a little off the rails, but like we posted a picture of our toddlers on a beach vacation and it's our highest engaged photo. And we're like, no, that's not the the whole point. (laughs) It's like all these amazing educational posts we're putting out there. And People love the kids on the beach. <laughs> so they're like, what is that line of like? Vanessa reminds me of those, the damn swans. We would like kill ourselves to make really good memes. And I randomly posted a picture of LVP swans. And at that moment, it was like our highest engaged post. And I was like, why is this? I mean, it can be so discouraging. And yeah. Not it, but we're like, you know, we just have to stay consistent. We're still really new. The initial response was really good. Um, but yeah, every time we start to get in our own heads and think like, oh, maybe we should go back to our, you know, nine to fives. Yeah. We're, uh, we're getting those messages, those random, you know, text messages from people saying, you know, I, I had a coworker who was really struggling and I sent her to your page and she's so thankful for what you're doing. Little things like that just really fuel, um, refuel the passion behind them. Yeah. Well, and I honestly hearing your all story and just even talking about the different stages of life, like toddlerhood can suck. Like not only the, it's completely different, but sometimes you have a horrible day and you hate life because your toddler feels like a demon. Mm -hmm. And we mom guilt ourselves so much. Mom guilt is so strong. Yes. You don't always let ourselves feel the hard feelings and be okay with it. It doesn't make you, I think, you know, women, and maybe I'll speak for myself, but sometimes it feels like this or that versus like, you can love your child and still feel like they're a demon <laughs> that day. Yeah. Like they can both, they can exist in the same space they and can they, exist in the same they space. often do in toddlerhood. Mm-hmm. There are a oh, lot yeah. of days where I question 
what have we done wrong? Like, what is wrong with this one? He's so sweet. This one's so bad. Um, it can be, yeah. And it can be an isolating space too, especially if you, you know, don't have those mom friends to open up with. I mean, Megan and I, I usually give her a story about what happened in my house and she's like, okay. Yeah. 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 It normalizes it all. Like it normalizes behavior. Like, Hey, my kid did this. Is that okay? And normalizes it. So yeah, keep at it. I think that's like been the most surprising part of this community. it's like, and when you, we post stuff, you know, we try to be funny. And but if we do post something about like our kids not sleeping or having a tantrum or we're trying to go out the door, it's like the amount of people who like lift us up to, or share a story. And like, you know, there are like, we joke about the Karens and the trolls out there and they are there and they'll like totally make you feel terrible at times. But then there, for every one mean comment, it's like, we get five amazing messages that make us feel like, oh my gosh, this is the best feeling in the world. And it is really humbling and like heartwarming when people will share a really personal story with in essence, a stranger, but they feel like they know you through the stories that we've shared on Instagram, which is like, right. it's kind of amazing. It's so wild. It's like yeah. the weirdest, it's the most 2021. Absolutely. Thing, we've talked a lot about fun. how, you know, we're not going to please everyone. No, yeah. not everyone is going to no. like us. We really just want to stay true to ourselves and our mission. And, you know, there's going to be people that don't like that and that's okay. That's right. There's accounts out there that they can gravitate to and learn yeah. a lot from. There's really great mental health resources out there um, as well. So, so you talked a lot about you know first time moms or expecting moms, and so I, I feel like I overwhelm expecting moms because I'm like, here, don't worry about this. You're gonna go through. Like I have to remind myself that like sometimes you have to experience the journey. But if you could go back and talk to yourself <laughs> pregnant for the, with your first pregnancy, what would you say to yourself? Mine would absolutely be, um, to educate myself and those around me, um, just about the different ways that postpartum can present itself. Um, I think a huge piece of what I was missing is just the education that it doesn't have to be in bed, sad. I don't love my baby. Like postpartum depression can be, can manifests itself as like obsessing over every little milestone or rage and hating your husband's guts, or for me, debilitating anxiety, just catastrophic, horrible, morbid thoughts that would keep me up at night. And I had no idea that that was a, you know, postpartum illness, just manifesting in a different way. You're only really, um, knowledgeable at all about, postpartum depression and baby blues and kind of what that can look like. And so if I could go back, I would educate myself, um, on the different ways that it can manifest, how to support people that are postpartum. And that, um, one of the things we really want to do through this community is be able to provide that gift of support. Um, we've made like a quarterly membership available that we're really hoping can be, a shower gift, you know, instead of giving someone another newborn onesie that the baby might wear one time, um, give the gift of support, a three month membership for these moms in the postpartum period to sign on and, you know, be part of these community calls. And we'll do, we're planning on doing wellness checks where we can call these moms and check in on them and help them navigate resources. So, um, such a huge part of that piece is coming from exactly what I wanted to, uh, tell myself when I was pregnant. So we're hoping that that can be a really easy giftable option, uh, to give new moms. And they might be like, well, this is kind of weird, but they're going to benefit from it because we all needed it. (laughs) 
I would say giving myself grace and lowering my expectations. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I like seriously had convinced myself that I was going to do all of these things, deliver it 38 weeks. It was going to be this magical, like which Kardashian like pulled it out. It was going to be beautiful. And like, that was not the case. So like at 41 weeks when I was still like sitting around very pregnant, um, and then went out the window and had a C-section. Like I just kept setting myself up for failure. I was like, okay, he's going to be sleeping through the night at three months. Didn't happen. Like every single milestone, I just kept failing. And then it would like really beat me up inside. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And so I think it's, I, yeah. Yeah. I, have I a game plan and have ideas of maybe what you would prefer. Like, yeah, I would prefer a natural birth at 38 weeks, but Hey, mama, probably not going to (laughs) happen. Like most women with their first time child don't, you know, go into spontaneous natural labor. You know, it's just like knowing that you can have a plan and you can have, you know, things I would like to breastfeed. I would like to, um, go back to work, you know, have those plans in place, but be flexible and know that there's a lot of things out of your control so that when things don't go your way, um, yeah, we both had unexpected C-sections, our first, our first babies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just to be flexible and know that things don't always happen the way it's planned. And then, you know, if you are prepared in that way, it's a little bit less traumatic. Um, and you, you know, if you can be a little bit flexible in the postpartum period, it will be a little bit easier on you. We all want to do it perfect, but there, you, you can't do everything perfect in motherhood. I think the second you realize that, then it gets fun. Like, I think for me, that's why I enjoyed my second because I, you know, like you, I was like, okay, he has to be sleeping through the night. He has to be on a schedule before we go to daycare. I, you know, we need to have like a structured eat, sleep, play, you know, like you feel like, cause everyone tells you like, you'd have to do these things. And then with my second, I was like, oh, you know, maybe he'll be on a schedule. Maybe he won't. That's kind of why we send him to daycare. You know, I, was, I like just let go and enjoyed it. Yes. And I remember thinking like, that was a great maternity leave. Like I was tired, but I truly enjoyed it with my first. I couldn't wait to go back. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, that's, that's pretty common as people realize how miserable they made themselves trying to meet those unrealistic expectations. I mean, you see highlight reels of people with their newborns. And and we laughed one day, Megan sent me a picture of a blogger and her newborn baby and this like perfect white little bunny. And it was just like, did you, you went out and bought a bunny? Like, it's just things like that, that like, you know, she probably didn't really get a pet bunny. She probably just got it for a picture and gave it back. But it's just little things like that, where if you're always trying to keep up and you're always trying to be one step ahead, like you're going to trip at some point. Motherhood is hard and it's always changing. And there's always something new, right? When your kids start sleeping through the night, they're getting a new tooth or they have a virus or, you know, just knowing that and having a plan in place and educating yourself on the support that you might need and being flexible with your expectations it's going to be more fun. Yeah. And with your partner too, right. You think you're going to like delegate certain things to your partner, but like that stuff changes and it changes with every kid. And so just being open on like taking some of that load off your plate, we were having a conversation about sick days the other day. I'm like, why do they always fall on me? Like, why do I, am I the whole, yeah. Why are the moms the default? We're expected to go to work. Half of us are the breadwinners of the family. Yet if the kids are sick, you're the default. And it's like how, you know, you got to be educated about 
the policies and your leave policies and advocate for yourself and have those conversations with your husband before it's seven 30 in the morning, your kid wakes up with a fever and you're both trying to rush out the door to work. Cause that's, it's so stressful, but it's inevitable. There's an excellent episode by Glennon Doyle. It's called like overwhelmed. And she talks about handing off your tickers because as women, we absorb so much. And I made my husband listen to it. Cause I was like, I sometimes don't think you understand how I'm feeling. It's harder to articulate how I'm feeling when I feel like I'm the one who like knows all the lists. I know when the kids are running out of diapers, I know when to bring them. I'm the one like replacing the soap, replacing like all the different things that you're just constantly doing as women. Yes, It's an excellent episode and they call them tickers. Yeah. So we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about the uh, invisible load of motherhood and, um, you know, how real that is. It's just like every little thing, just like you're talking about. And also had the conversation a lot about how women, the expectation of women, not only in work, but just in life in general, um, is changing so much. And as that changes, the support is staying stagnant. You know, we're expected to do all these other things that maybe like our mothers and grandmothers weren't expected to do or didn't do. And the support is staying the same. Like we have to have these conversations and we have to delegate uh, the tasks because we can't do it all. We're just, you're going to constantly feel like you're falling short. And that's something that we hear a lot. And when we surveyed moms, like what's your biggest stressor um, about the demands of parenthood? And it's like, trying to be good at everything, trying to be a good wife, a good worker, a good mom, a good sister. Like you can't, you can't do it all and be good at it all. So really um, trying to utilize your support and your resources so that you can balance it better because it's hard. (laughs) And there's a reason why they say it takes a village and that village can be matrescence if you guys want to include it. So Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us. Can you please let us know how people can follow you if they're not already, your website, um, all the information? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at The Matrescence, and our website will be launching soon, um, thematrescence.com. So we um, can't wait to see all of you there, and we want to hear your stories, and we want to help change the landscape of maternal mental health. Yeah, we're hoping that um, our platform can be your little virtual mama village. So um, we would love to see you all there and support you and hear your story and start um, normalizing all of these feelings. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we will be sure to link to their Instagram account. Um, for those who are listening, follow us at Real Moms of Bravo. We'll link to that. Um, and of course, once our website launches, we will be sure to put that in our stories as well. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, 
You will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.